through several scriptures this morning. So if you've been alive for more than five minutes, uh, you probably have seen a lot of discussion and arguments about creation. Uh, maybe not necessarily creation, but the origins of the earth, right? Um, the origins of the species, many other things, many theories. How did we get here? Why does it matter? Why is this important? Um, and so this morning we're going to look at actual history. Again, as we're reading scripture, this is history that's been written down for us to study. As Christians, verse 1 of Genesis chapter 1 uh, is a solid foundation for our beliefs. It's very important that we believe this, that we understand this, and we hold this true, as the rest of the Bible really holds and stems from this. And so that is... Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So we see and we get a lot of information here. Just one verse establishes the origin of human history and establishes the origin of everything that we know. Before this point in time, there was no time. There was no matter. There was no space. But God still existed. It is argued by many that there is no God. There is argued by many that the origin of everything was just a random explosion. Uh, something existed many billions, billions and billions of years ago. Who put that there? Doesn't matter. We're not going to talk about that. Just know that something was there. And then one day... Everything was right, that it blew up. And then when it blew up, it did the opposite of what all explosions do now, and it actually created things rather than destroy. If you look on YouTube and, or Google, same company, and you look up explosions, you can spend hundreds of hours watching explosions, and not once will you see an explosion that creates anything. Usually what an explosion does is it will destroy everything in its path up to a certain diameter. And all you have is rubble and trash. Yet this is a theory and a idea that is taught in schools, universities, many homes as fact. That before there was any matter, there was matter. And before there was any time, there was time. Before there was space, there was space. And then it blew up. And here we are. Billions and billions of years later. I know it sounds ridiculous to many of you, but this is a widely accepted way of describing and explaining the origins. If you say anything otherwise, you can be looked at as a crazy person. We live in a time where something as ridiculous as that is held as truth. And something as simple as, yes, there is a creator, is looked as crazy. 
Now, why does creation matter? And that's what we're going to talk about today. Obviously, I'm biased with the question, right? Does creation matter? Yes, it does. Yes, it does, because from here stems all of life. In the beginning, there is a point in time, there is a point in eternity where it all began. Now, God is an infinite God. God is an all-powerful God. He is outside of space. He's outside of time. He's outside of matter. God himself is not made out of matter. Therefore, he and only he could initiate something so wonderful as the creation of all things. A definition that I found in the Lexham Dictionary, Bible Dictionary, says creation is a divine act in which God called into being heaven and earth or all of reality out of nothing or without resorting to any pre-existing matter. See, we have many scientists that today try to play God. They try to clone. They try to alter and grow meat in labs or vegetables. And many of these scientists say that there is no God because, look, I can create things. I can make things. There was nothing here. Boom, you have a steak, right? There's nothing here. Boom, you have a chicken. You have eggs. But what they fail to realize or maybe purposely ignore is that they are grabbing those resources from something that's already here. You will never catch somebody, one of those scientists, and be like, hey, can I get an egg? And for them to tell you, of course, here's an egg. That's never going to happen. They have to use something that's already in existence in order for them to trigger that growth. God, however had nothing that already existed, and out of nothing is how he created. He created time, he created space, and he created matter. Now for some, again, this is easy to understand. Everything we see around here, we can attribute to somebody made it, right? You're in this building. When you walked into the church for the first time, did any of you go, wow, I can't believe this building just sprouted itself from the ground? No, I don't think any of you did that. Or as you're watching the musicians play those wonderful instruments, you're like, wow, that piano came out of nowhere. No, we all understand that if we see something, it's the chairs that you're sitting on, they didn't just appear. They didn't just spontaneously combust into something that was fit for you to sit, we all understand inherently without questioning, somebody made this chair. Somebody made this building. Somebody made that wonderful piano, those cool bass, the awesome drum set. It was all designed by somebody and it was all made by somebody. Any of you got here 3D print? Some of you 3D print? You can't just go on the printer and be print. And then it prints something amazing. No, you have to design it. You have to have the right software. You have to have the right materials. You have to have a 3D printer. Everything that we know 
has a designer, has a maker, and with a certain purpose. This word here that is used in Genesis 1-1 for God created is a word that is only attributed to God. This word, when it's used, is only used to describe something that God has done. Now, it's really difficult for us, I think, sometimes to really understand this word. Again, if you're hungry, you're going to go make a sandwich, right? We don't call it, look, I created a sandwich. No, we have bread, bologna, ham and cheese, mayo, butter, pickles, whatever. And we go make something. This building was made. It wasn't created. It was made. Why? Because the materials for it already existed. Did we make trees? No, the trees were there. This word create signifies and describes the act that God did of there was nothing for him to draw from. There was nothing for him to shape and mold. But out of his speech, as we have here, everything came to be. We have a, an account of creation here from Genesis 1, 1 through chapter 2, verse 4. I'm going to finish reading chapter 2. I'm going to start reading chapter 2 so that we can get the conclusion of creation. It says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God finished His work that He had done. And He rested on the seventh day from all His work that He had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all His work that he had done in creation. Again, we get a picture, a description of this history. Obviously, the author of this book was not present during creation. This is something that is revealed by God to him to write down and for us to study. And what we see through creation is just uh, imagination and the creativity that God has but also the, the order and, and, the, and the pattern in which he created. In the, in the history of creation, as we're being told what is being created, it's separated into what's called triads. There are two triads, which is separated into threes, right? So we have day one and day four, they go together, they, they match. Day two and day five match. Day three and day six match. Now, as we're reading through this, I think it's really easy to just read over it, right? And, and oh, wow, cool. God, God did awesome. But it's important for us to see just how much thought God put into it. It wasn't just random. It says that he created the heavens and the earth. And then verse 2 says that the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And so why don't we see God just says, hey, let everything exist. Because God is, remember this, the Bible is for us, for us to know who God is, understand, try to understand who God is. God reveals himself to us. And this is a way that he reveals himself to us by showing us that he is actually thinking, that he's actually planning, 
but also to set us an example, as we read in, in the seventh day. So the first triad, the first group, is day one. What did he do? Verses one through five. He said, let there be light, and there was light. We have a command. God spoke, let there be light. And then there was an action that happened. Light occurred. And then God judged it, and he said it was good. God separated the light from the darkness. Then if we go to day four, what did he do with that light and darkness? Well, then he created the sun and the moon. Let's read verses 14. And God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years, and let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. So we see God's thinking. We see God's creativity here, His planning. The earth was full of water initially. And so He, and, and it was dark, so He created the light. Then, he created the things to hold the light. The, sorry, the greater light to rule the day in verse 16 and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. The second triad we see, God formed the sky and the seas. Now he separates the waters, separates the, the waters from the water. So now there's a sky and now there's ocean. In day five, we see the, the combination of that. Well, now what did he do with the sky and the seas? He filled it with birds and fish. It's almost like common sense, right? We have empty, empty skies, we have empty seas, let's fill it. And in day three, he created dry land, so he separated the waters from the land. And then what did he do in day six? He filled it with all the land creatures. And created humans. Obviously, if God would have created birds when the earth was still full of water, what would have happened to the birds? They would have drowned. Oh, you can answer. It's okay. It's not a trick question. When there was no land and God created all the elephants, what would have happened to all the elephants? They would have drowned. Right? So it's showing the methodical process that God is going through. And this is why creation is important for us to get this and, and understand this. That God has a purpose. God has a design. God has a plan. It's not just random. It's not an accident. But also it reveals His power and His dominion over everything. How did things come into being? How did God create light and darkness? Anybody? We just read it. He spoke. How did the birds and the fish come to be? And how did they know where the birds and the fish had to go? He spoke. The animals and humans, how did they come to be? Well, the animals. He spoke. And now we get a... Something different that happened with the humans. God molded them. He molded man. 
again, today, and for many, many millennia, it has been argued that humans are just animals. That you and a dog have the same value. That a fish and you are equal. And that goes completely against how God designed the world. He took time, mold, but not just that, He made us in His image. He breathed and gave life to men. You're not an animal. You didn't come from chimpanzees. Although you see toddlers, you might doubt. But we didn't. We're inherently different, separate from the rest of creation. This is why creation matters. It's the importance that you give your life. The significance that you give your life. And it's not really that you give it, it's do you accept the significance that God has for your life. You're more important than a dog, than a cat, than a horse. Sadly, especially in today's society, we have many people that would rather see a baby die than a dog or a cat. I saw an interview of animal lovers, and there's nothing wrong with animal lovers. I love animal lovers. But they took it a little bit too far. And they were asking these people if there was a stranger drowning and your dog was drowning, who would you save? And five out of the seven people said they would go save their dog and let the stranger die. Now we're shocked and awed. Hopefully none of you have that mentality, but if you do, pray you repent. But how do people get this idea? How, how do they get to that point? Because they believe that we're all just animals. This human dying is an animal. I don't know that animal, but I know this animal. I love my dog. Fifi or Fufu or whatever you guys call him. He wags his tail when he sees me. This, I don't know that guy. He's dying, but I don't know him. And that's because they've been taught since they were children that humans are just animals. We're not that important. We don't really matter. But as Christians, we should know better and place our faith and trust in that what God says is true. And if what God says is true, then we are more important than animals. We're more important than trees, than fish and birds. And therefore, our life has greater meaning and significance. It is important for us to understand that if we do not believe Genesis 1-1, it really takes away and destroys our ability to believe anything else in the Bible. See, creation 
is not something that's disputed. The author of Genesis didn't write Genesis and, and, the, and creation to prove to the deniers that it was real or that it's actual history. The author of Genesis wrote Genesis and the creation with the understanding, the knowledge, the confidence that it did happen. Not trying to prove to you if it, if it happened or not. It did. And we see it by the way he starts this chapter. Genesis means the beginnings. And we see the beginnings of many things in the book of Genesis. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It's a statement. This author was too smart to question the validity of creation. He was well aware as he looked around that it was created. And now why does this matter? Why would this destroy our ability to believe the rest of the, the Bible if I don't believe that creation happened. There are many that have many different theories on how it happened. They say that this is just a metaphor, an allegory, something poetry, something beautiful to kind of just, just kind of describe how things came to be over millions and billions of years. Others believe that between verse one and verse two, that there are millions and billions of years God created Everything, then it got destroyed, and then God kind of rearranged it. It's called gap theory. Again, we don't have that in the text. What we have is God's demonstration to us of his ability to think, to plan, and do things in a logical way. He didn't create the elephants until there was dry land. He didn't create the fishes until so he had separated the waters. And he didn't create humanity until there was a land and animals to have dominion over. And we're not, this writer is not trying to prove that it happened. But why does it matter? Why, does, why can I say that if we don't believe Genesis 1-1, then it's going to be hard for us to believe the rest of the Bible. Well, because the rest of the scriptures talk about creation. I have a few examples. If we did all of them, that's all we do this morning. But I have a few examples. Again, we have Genesis 1. And Genesis 2 have a creation narrative for us. Psalm 104, verses 5 through 30. I want you guys to turn with me. We're not going to read them all. Don't get scared. But turn with me to Psalm 104, 5. And something I want, to, I want you to keep in mind as we're reading these things, uh, these texts, by different authors of Scripture throughout different years, 
and different points in human history that nowhere in here is there a doubt. There nowhere here are they trying to prove a point or trying to convince somebody that, it, yeah, no, this happened. Look, look at all this. No, it's just stating facts of what occurred. The psalmist here says in verse 5, He set the earth on its foundations so that it should never be moved. You covered it with the deep as with a garment. And the water stood above the mountains. At your rebuke they fled. At the sound of your thunder they took to flight. The mountains rose. The valley sank down to the place that you appointed for them. You set a boundary that they may not pass so that they might not again cover the earth. And if you keep reading, we get more and more of the creation narrative. How did mountains come to be? God said, let there be land. How did the valleys happen? God created the valleys. Why does the ocean stop where it stops? Because God said, stop here. He set the boundaries for creation. Turn with me to Psalm 8, verse 8 and 9. To the birds of the heavens and the fish of the sea Whatever passes along the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Proverbs 8.22 God bless you. And this one's for till verse 31, but again, we're not going to read it all. I just want you to see that the rest of the Bible talks about creation. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of His work, the first of His acts of old. It's talking about eternity. Ages ago I was set up at the first, before the beginning of the earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth, and there were no springs abounding with water. Before the mountains had been shaped, before the hills, I was brought forth. Before He had made the earth with its fields, or the first of the dust of the world. When he established the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above, when he established the fountains of the deep, and it continues going again and again, proclaiming God created all things. We see even in the New Testament, right? Those are just some examples in the Old Testament. We see in the New Testament, John 1, verse 1. Again, if we don't believe creation, we don't believe Genesis 1.1, it kind of eliminates the Old Testament for us, okay? So maybe I cannot believe in creation. Maybe I'm still an evolutionist. And I'll be okay with the New Testament. I can believe the New Testament. But we see even in the New Testament, it talks about God creating all things. John 1.1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him 
was not anything made that was made. It's talking about Jesus. In him was life, and the life was the light of man. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God, and it goes talking about John. New Testament, again, notice with such confidence and affirmation that John talks about creation. It happened. God made it happen. Jesus was there. The Holy Spirit was there. In the beginning. 1 John 1. First John 1, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest and we have seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life, which was with the father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. That which was from the beginning. Again, talking about the beginning of creation. Also telling us that Jesus was there, that the Holy Spirit was there. The triune God working in creation. We go to Colossians 1, verse 15. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in, in heaven and on earth. Visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. So how many things were created by God? All things. The seen and the, and the unseen. We can't separate Genesis 1-1 from the rest of Scripture. It's important for us to really understand and believe what God has done. It is not ridiculous for you to believe in creation. It is not ridiculous for you to believe the Word. This is what God intended for us to do. He has left it to us to read to understand. I think for us what's difficult in believing that is that, well, if creation is real, then everything else that God says in the Bible is real, and I must obey. We must be as God has called us to be. This is important for us to know. To believe. What is amazing is that God has revealed this to us. Allowed us to get a glimpse 
into the beginning of human history. Into the beginning of the history of the earth. We don't have to guess. We don't have to doubt. We don't have to come up with theories. How did it happen? We have it written down. And by the grace of God, we have it in our own language for us to read exactly how everything happened. Does creation matter? Yes, it does. Because the rest of Scripture depends on that being true. If God lied in the first verse, then how can we know that He didn't lie in the other thousands? But again, He didn't. This is given as truth. Hebrews 11.3, one more. It says, By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. By faith we understand that the universe was created. Now that is something that many try to argue. You just believe because of faith. Faith is not scientific. Faith, you can't prove faith. But ultimately we all believe in something. If you believe in evolution, you have faith that what the data is showing you is true. You have faith that what these humans are saying is true. You have faith that you really did come from monkeys. You have faith that explosions create rather than destroy. You have faith that a bacteria over billions of years will figure out how to make eyes and eye sockets. You have some kind of faith. What is it based on? Based on lies, unprovable scientific information. Instead, if we have faith and understand that the universe was created by the Word of God, is is really very simple, very basic. Is we understand that nothing, that something can come from nothing. We understand that's impossible. And we understand that these chairs then it just poof, appear one day because you came in, the room was empty, and the dirt on the ground is like, oh, it'd probably be good to make these people some chairs. And then when you came back the next Sunday, boom, there was chairs. We know that didn't happen. It's physically impossible. It's physically impossible for a bacteria to know one day, it's like, oh, I better not live in the water anymore. I got to go live on land. So now I got to learn how to breathe.
By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. God, all-powerful, all-knowing, with a specific design in mind, with a specific order in mind, spoke things into existence. The only one that has that power. Again, many of us can make things. You're a good woodworker, you can make cabinets and tables. You're a builder and you can make homes. But we're all relying on something that already exists. Something that is there. You're relying on your knowledge, on your brain, on your hands. All which you had nothing to do with. God, in the beginning, created the heavens and the earth. The question is, do we believe it? Do we hold these things to be true? As we can see, the Old Testament holds on to that. The New Testament continues to proclaim that. In Revelation 20, 20, uh, 22, 5, if you can turn with me there, we'll end with this. We'll see how God is not dependent on anything that he created. He is completely outside of this. Just to see how, re how much we need to rely on the Lord, how much we need to rely on God, how we need to be thankful for his creation. How special we are to Him. How much different we are than animals. You're not an animal. You are a human created in the image of God. Jesus didn't come to die on the cross to save horses or oxen or donkeys. He came to save sinners like you and me. And one day, we'll get to meet the Lord face to face. And then this amazing thing is going to happen. Verse 5, Revelation 22 says, And night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun. For the Lord God will be their light. And they will reign forever and ever. There will come a time where we no longer need the sun and the moon or the stars. Because God himself will be the light. We'll never ever again see darkness. We'll reign forever and ever. Only to those that are in Christ. Now you don't need to be a rocket scientist or anything crazy like that. To understand the simple, simple truth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. As Hebrews says, it's by faith that we understand that the universe was created by the word of God.
And if you find yourself this morning struggling with that, then pray to the Lord to give you faith. To increase your faith. To open your understanding to really know and believe His Word. God is not a liar. And He doesn't need the sun and the moon and the stars. Doesn't need anything He was before. And notice that when everything is destroyed, He will continue to be. And not just that, but He will be our light. Never again for us to know darkness. So does creation matter? Of course it does. It does because it reveals how powerful, how creative, how thoughtful, how methodical God is. But also how much He loves humanity and how important we are to Him. Again, this morning I encourage you that if you are struggling with believing Genesis 1-1, may be a reason why you have a hard time believing the rest of the Bible as well. That first, you repent of your sin. If you haven't done so, place your faith in Jesus Christ for Him to be your Savior. And pray that the Lord increases your faith to believe. Many of you have probably heard the arguments against creation for all your life. So it's difficult to think otherwise. But God will give you the faith that you need in order for you to believe and understand. The simple truth. Again, one last time. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth. Let us pray. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for just making it plain for us to understand, Lord. We understand that by faith we understand that everything was created by you and through your Son. Lord, help us stand firm in this truth, never waver. And help us to take the rest of Scripture, Lord, as well as the true Word of God. Lord, thank you for making us separate and different from the animals. Thank you for the care that you took in designing the human body. Also, Lord, by making us in your image and your likeness. Help us, Lord, understand just how precious we are in your eyes and that we will never let someone anyone underestimate our importance lord we thank you for your son jesus that as we will study later lord had to die to pay the penalty of sin because of the disobedient disobedience of humanity Lord you didn't die for the animals you didn't die for the birds for the fish but your son Jesus came to die on a cross for human sinners so that we may be redeemed forgiven and be given eternal life we thank you Lord for this wonderful amazing gift thank you for your creation that we get to enjoy daily
Lord, through it, we are able to tell time, the seasons. You have made everything in its border. It's amazing, Lord, that we're, we're still trying to understand all that you have done. Continue to find new discoveries in nature and the human body and animals daily. And Lord, just humble us, Heavenly Father, to just be in awe of how great and amazing you are. Help these students, Lord, as they go into a world, a culture that hates you, that hates the idea of there being a God and a creator, not because it's difficult to understand, it's not, but it's plain and simple because they hate you and they hate the truth. Help them stand firm, be the light in the world that you have called us to be. And Lord, help us stand firm for the truth, no matter what the cost. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.